You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Uh, welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. We're here with Dan Natterman, of course, Yay. and Mr. Nick Griffin, and Rebecca Trent, the owner of Creek in the Cave. Hi. In Long Island City, is that correct? That is correct. Queens, Queens, Queens. And we're we're waiting for a, a woman who wrote was it a, was a flattering article about Creek and Cave? Quite flattering, one of the best ones ever written. All right, but normally uh, Natterman has uh, some uh, stuff to, he likes to. Did you did you well, read it? I, I don't love the way Noam introduces that. I would prefer just <laughs> sort of an organic uh, or we organically flow into it. But in any case, well, first of all, I should mention that I just read on Twitter. That uh, the show Crashing has been uh, renewed for a second season, so I guess that's of some relevance because it's that's awesome. It's filmed here, and it uses a lot of Comedy Cellar comics as cast members, in addition to Comedy Cellar managers, bookers, and whoever else happens to be hanging around. But I guess that's good news. Did you hear that, Noam? Uh, crashing. crashing. Yeah, yeah, I heard it was it was renewed. Correct. That, that's what I just said. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yes. But okay. you you were busy on your phone. No, I'm I'm trying to. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, Dan. Go ahead. Well, I'm that, just saying that crashing news. is that's renewed. But uh, in other news, something happened to me uh, last on Friday that's never happened to me in over 20 years of doing stand-up. Oh, uh, uh, I had to leave the, the leave the stage uh, early because I had to take a uh, little boom had, boom. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> really? Is this the story you they, wanted to start what, with? Well, what's wrong with that story? Was it something you ate? <laughs> boom boom. Wow. Well, it wasn't a boom boom. It was more of a. Sp- a boom boom implies a certain consistency. That <laughs> <laughs> more of a puddle. <laughs> and I was on at the uh, the um, the fat black pussycat. Oh yeah. And I thought I could get through it, um, but after about ten minutes, I decided that ca- I have to make a call. Yeah, here. good for you. And uh, and Seton Smith, the MC, was not in the room. Oh no. So I had to just say I ended on a laugh. Whether anybody in the audience knew there was anything amiss. The look on my face might have betrayed me. I don't know, but <laughs> I, I then ran off stage and said to Seaton, Seaton, get back on stage. I'm sorry, I had to, I had to leave the stage. <laughs> so anyway, Noam is looking at me with daggers in his eyes. No, I can't. I can't believe it. And where did you Where did you make your boom I, boom? I, I went, in the well, underground. At the underground. Now, yeah. Uh, in part, of course, I blame the seller for. Um, uh, go ahead, well, say it. Sorry. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. Let it out. Well, first of all, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know the chicken. I want to see how this gets around to the seller's fault. I, I, I know already. How first of all, the, you know I the think the chicken is that what you're going to blame chick- the chicken? But he, but even beyond that, uh-huh. you know at the at the village under first there's no good place to do that here at the comedy cellar. Uh, he, downstairs is the bathroom is unacceptable. You will agree for that purpose. I, I don't like I, I only go to my own home under protest. Yeah. I, I, truthfully, I don't I don't projectile I don't like, diarrhea now, should stay. Boom home. boom is not okay with me. And now around the corner, like my daughter would ask, why did God make us have to make poop? Like this is the kind of thing she had. And I, I don't like. Did God have? I've said this before. God has like all the all the equations up on the blackboard. Like and is that. Can't do it without poop. Like you know, I like, can make the universe. Plan is everything. Numbers, it's it's part of it. If I take poop out of the equation, the whole thing falls apart. God had we had to have poop. So go ahead. It doesn't make any sense. But do you do you well, suffer from an intestinal no, issue? Also, it's because around the corner at the uh, village underground, uh-huh. there is a bathroom attendant. 
Uh, I believe his name is Ali. He's a wonderful Ali. guy. He's he comes amazing. from West Africa. A beautiful man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and nobody hands me a towel like he can. <laughs> Do you tip <laughs> him, Dan? And I always tip. How much you tip? I tip a minimum of a dollar. If I only have five, I say to him, here's five, but the next time I may not give you a tip. And I do anyway. Uh, That's how generous I am. Classy, classy guy. So we have a rapport. The problem is when you have a rapport with somebody, you don't want to do certain things in front of that somebody. Of course not. So to go down there. You have a relationship with And I'm walking in and he said, hey, how are you done? Yeah, no time for that. You know, it's a little embarrassing. So my my plan was to finish the set and, and get home as quickly as possible. But... My father used to go to Panchitos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he That's did, because first of all, nobody noticed the difference in Panchitos. <laughs> Second of all, that he was so it was so he, he couldn't bear to do it in Ava's apartment. He it, he he couldn't he he had to have total anonymity, so he'd go to Panchitos, and it had to be a Mexican restaurant. One, one time, I tried to go to NYU Law, which is around here, and they, and the guy wouldn't let me in. Oh no! Because I wasn't a student, I didn't have student ID. The, for, for some reason, the only time in my life where I've had to make that compromise has been in airports. So something about traveling, huh. I can't, I, I, from, from time to time, but otherwise I will not. I just won't. I will not. Oh, you will if it gets to a certain point. No, no. If, oh, you will if you just had the hummus. No. <laughs> I, I would tough it out. Well, uh, in yeah, any I case. Kind of I don't have that kind of luxury. In any case, um, what can I say? I made the call that had to be made. Um, we're here with... Uh, <laughs> Did, did that woman come? The other guest was that was that the lady? Oh, oh. We got we got stood up by an by a writer Corey, from, the, from, the, from the New Yorker. Was it New Yorker? New Yorker. New Yorker. The New Yorker, which is like supposed to be a classy. Uh, it's a fancy magazine. Yeah. Oh, not not New York Magazine. The New Yorker, which is. But anyway, we're here with the owner of the Creek and well, the Cave. So she wrote an article about Creek and the Cave, which yeah. is a the 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 only competitor of the Comedy Cellar that I will. Uh, no, that that I that I don't want to see uh, bad things happen to. For whatever reason, oh, she's, so she's she's she's. I met Rebecca and I took to her, and I think that we we can be friendly competitors. I, th- <laughs> I, I think like the that. rest of them uh, they they're nice to me, but they actually want to do me in. <laughs> <laughs> and we had that that thing with the guys from the stand a couple yeah, weeks yeah. ago, whatever. And I like anyway. It says the Little Fish of New York stand up. The Creek in the Cave is a sprawling comedy complex. You know, I need to go. Well, I be, well, can I go there? Yeah, please. That yeah. would be amazing. Uh, it's a sprawling comedy complex that includes a Mexican... Re- oh, you have a Mexican restaurant, mm-hmm. too. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, so, you can, so you can make a boom boom there. Yeah, I can. <laughs> and, <laughs> and a podcast operation and a bar. And, and what, what is the gist? You, Stephen, you want to you, you give us the gist of this article so that... Since what do you mean the gist? Like, sum it up for him. This is what I do. What do, what do, I, what do you mean, what do you mean the gist? Put, put what, what is it that you're trying you to? Okay, so uh, it's essentially saying that it's kind of an unkept or uh, a what? What well did you just call it? It's a well kept secret. Unkempt is what he called uh, it. <laughs> an unkempt, like. well kept secret, and that it actually, you know, is uh, making underground strides in the comedy community. Hmm. And That's it nice. also says here that your that your drinks are very cheap. Yes, they are. We have two dollars off uh, happy hour, so like almost everything's five bucks, and comics can drink PBR Tall Boys for two dollars. Oh, and and because that's you know that's a that's a um uh like a running controversy between club owners. Like most of the comedy clubs have very very expensive drinks. Right. You choose to have very very cheap drinks. Our drinks are cheap too. Probably I'm, not as cheap as yours, but our our drinks are like bar prices. Yeah, your drinks are normal prices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I we we're an artist forward space. 
So we, uh, I took, it oh, took them about. We're, we're not, is that what you're saying? We're no, not. No, 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 not, a, not, <laughs> a, not kidding, at all. Kidding, but kidding. I just mean in the kidding. sense that like, these guys literally badgered the shit out of me for about five years and I finally broke down and, and got PBR. Like that was never really like. PBR is a brand of beer? Pap, it is a Pap's, brand of Pap's, beer. Pabst yeah, Blue Ribbon. You're, you're t- talking to Jews now. We really don't know this <laughs> stuff. We don't, we don't know the. It's the, the oldest beer in America. Well, no, I know Pabst Blue Ribbon. I just didn't know the, the That they call it PBR. Yeah, yeah. So that's the, that's what the kids are calling it these days. But you can get a, you can get a tall boy for two bucks. What's a tall boy? That's a... That, that, it, it's a... No, a 16... Uh, is it 16 or 24? I think 16 ounces is a tall boy, right? I mean, you're the yeah. bar owner here. Well, I mean, you'd think, but he doesn't know either, so I feel all right about it. I, I don't know. Um, we don't have tall boys. Well, let me ask I this think question. it's a 16 ounces. Do you know your liquor percentages? Like, do you know how much you make on each liquor, how many bottles, how many shots in the bottle? Do you do, do all that nonsense? Yes. You yes, do. I do. I have to. Yeah, I'm, I have to. I've never done that, and I and I know I should. Even I, when I needed to do really? it, I couldn't remember. I, how to I do did it, it well, because it because it is very difficult to do, particularly in our business, because so much of what we do involves buybacks and stuff. You can't really definitively get it down to the nickel, but you can get it down to the dollar. You know, so I try and keep it as close as possible. The original bar on like the the beer distributors and stuff would make fun of me because I would do my inventory. I'd literally count the cans instead of just round up the cases and stuff. But I keep inventory tight because I want to make sure that I've got my shit together. And I also want to make sure that nobody's stealing from me. Not oh, that I, I think I, anybody is. I'm but. not criticizing you at all. I, 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 it's always been one of my things I'm least proud of is that I just, just never. You just don't do it. I tried from time to time, but it just never got, I never, it never got me anywhere. Do you know your food and your payroll breakdowns? Like what percentage of gross they are? Yeah. I, I know what they were used to be. Um, <laughs> That's kind of where I'm and, at too right now. And, and. But I also found that unless I could catch a bartending stealing, a bartender stealing, which it does nothing for you. Otherwise, there's nothing I could get out of it. I, I couldn't, I couldn't uh, raise my prices more than the guy next door was right. charging. I couldn't get the liquor cheaper than what I could get it for. I try to make sure that they, they didn't, they didn't pour. And I, and I, that I do stay on top. At least I used to. I would try to catch bartenders. You catch the pours. Not, not, uh, not ringing up alcohol. Do you guys have a buyback policy here? No, I, I got rid of buybacks. Because, what does that mean? Uh, Sorry. Usually, when you have a, like a regular customer, or customer who you can tell is parked there for the night, every third, fourth, or fifth drink will be on the house, depending on the bar. It's basically management sanctioned stealing, is what it is. <laughs> basically. And, and, and uh, we used to do it, and then I had a rule that the 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 bar the bartenders had to ask the manager for permission before the buybacks, whatever it is. Uh huh. And then I just said, I'm just you know to be too much. Fuck it, no buybacks. Yeah. If, if that's the only reason they're coming, we'll just have to find some other because it just it, it, it's it, I just opened a door there was no way to control it right. but when I used to spend time in my bar all night on a regular basis I was ready to allow certain things I felt I had a feel for it at mm-hmm. the point where I changed I spent more time at home and I said you know what no you just have to cut it off altogether I just cut it yeah, off altogether and it didn't hurt business at no, all no it won't yeah by the way, what do you mean by artist forward? Because yeah, that's a yeah term, what do you mean by that? That's a term I've never heard. It sounds like... So, Sh- and wait, just before you answer that, Nick, have you ever worked in Creek in the Cave? No, I have not. Yeah. No. What, the, what the fuck? Wait, wait, well, because one of the things is I can't just call this Dan has, and be like, hey, will you... I, I don't pay spot pay like you guys do. This we guy don't has more covers. letterman appearances than any human <laughs> you're being. Not, you're not listening, no. But we don't we don't charge covers and stuff. So, that like, I, he, I look for those comics for to come to me, like Ted Alexandro, Colin Quinn, like... They 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 come to me and say, hey, I wanna I wanna do a run at the creek or I wanna do this that and the third and I, we always accommodate and make sure. But that's what I mean by artist forward. It's not really so much um, 
I want to make sure that the, the comics are taken care of because we're, I mean, we're there to sort of be a dojo for every level of comic, in my mind. Um, and then on top of it, uh, we're also there to sort of educate the audience because there's a lot of people who don't know how to be a member of a comedy audience. They are terrible, and it's an education process for them as well, I think. Well, see, that's the difference, Noam, is, is uh, when she says she's artist forward, is that she views the Creek in the Cave as a, uh, a workshop, a, uh, she called it a dojo, whereas you see this as, you know, the, the graduate school. The, uh, Everybody does. And this is this is you where know, you get your you're, PhD. You're not looking to you're not looking to develop people, right. necessarily. Uh, I don't know. I'm not looking to develop people. No, with the caveat that if you think somebody's going to be famous, you might want to get on their good side and start using. <laughs> Obviously, that's good business. I mean, this is what I think, and I think Re Rebecca is saying the same thing actually, although she's not putting it this way at all. She went in it. She, she seems to be in it to have fun in a certain way because Oof. this is what you enjoy. I mean, you, don't, you don't have any, like, responsibility in life to be an artist-friendly, to, to help comedians. You enjoy comedians. I promised my grandfather before <laughs> I died <laughs> that I was going to give two years back to the community. And I, because I'm a military brat, it is really important for me to build environments wherever I live. I have to, I, I do that because I lived in a different environment every two to three years of my life, so I grew up with that wait, sort wait, of wait. like... Wait, wait, you're kidding about your grandfather, right? No, I'm not kidding. Before you, he, you said before you died, before he Be died, Before my grandfather died. died. Yeah. Did I say it wrong? I'm you, sorry. You said it wrong, but two it's okay. Years. I promised to give two years back to my community before my grandfather... Long Island City is your community? Whatever I just defined that as. He was a physics professor at Old Dominion University. And, um, it's fascinating. So right. when I graduated from college, I ran a, I helped run a nonprofit in Washington, D.C. called City at Peace. Um, I did that for two years, and then I moved to New York to do what I wanted to do. And what I realized was I enjoyed so much that work that I did with City at Peace, I wanted to apply it to other, to groups of, of serious artists, artists that were working towards a goal. I worked with theater people. I worked with musicians. By far, the ones I wanted to work with the most were the comics. And is your grandfather still alive? No, he's not. He passed away when I was a freshman in college. Can I oh. ask why were comics the ones that you most wanted to work with? They were the ones I wanted to break bread with. Um, they were the least likely to break my stuff, you know, like steal my mic stands, tag up the neighborhood, that kind of stuff. Like, they were the most polite. And then also, they were the most under-advocated for group of artists in this country. She's we a expect. Saint immediate response from them, immediate material from them for every single facet of this world, pop culture, observational humor, it doesn't matter, anything. And nine times out of 10, they're not getting paid. There is no HR department. There is no gold watch at the end of all this. Like there is nothing there. And to watch that level of sacrifice on a regular basis and know that they're not gonna get the payoff, it makes me wanna advocate for them. It makes me wanna be a part of that community in a significant way that's going to help them. Were you a fan of that, before, of comedy before Stand up, I mean, sure, like, I grew up with, with Comedy Central. I, I, I love stand-up comedy, and my background was in theater, but it just never occurred to me that comedy was a career. I don't know how you guys got the message when you were growing up that that was an option. Well, but I didn't just get never... the message. That's why I went to law school. Ah, you I know, see. I, no, I didn't get the message at all, but, you know, eventually I went in that direction, but... Um, yeah, so... Yeah, I don't know and I'm, was, still I not, I'm still so. not getting the message. <laughs> what about you, Nick? Did you always want to be a comedian? Um, yeah, I think on some... I never wanted to... I wanted to be a novelist or something, but then I uh, I was always into comedy, really into comedy at a young age, probably 
you know, 12, 13, I would rent a VHS of, uh, you know, Prior and stuff. But, uh, yeah. I, I Prior was your favorite? Well, I mean, no, just only because he was what was out. Like, there was only 10 VHS tapes of yeah. certain comics, you know, and, uh, and he, his was one of them. I liked all the guys back then, Seinfeld and Louis Anderson and a handful of others. But um, Nick has a sinus infection, by the way, in case you're wondering. Yeah, I, I have, a, have a, but it's been there for years and years, and I can't get rid of it. <laughs> it is. I, but um, but then um, I did stand-up one night at a uh, open mic night in college, and uh, I was around all these other cool young comics, and I caught the bug, and I never stopped. Yeah. Wow. That was at the end of a kind of a I, comedy boom in the late 80s. So there's a ton of work. Like, I got out of college and I could make not a lot of money, but I could pay my bills just doing stand-up around the country. Are we experiencing a comedy boom now? No. I don't know. Well, We're experiencing like, a comedy saturation It, right it now. seems like there's a boom insofar as uh, the public perception of stand-up comedy. It seems to be everywhere. First of all, on TV, we just mentioned Crashing, got picked up for a second season. Um, there's like 400 documentaries yeah, there, there, out right now. There's documentaries on comedy. Comedians are selling out the garden. They are. And so, people want to be comics. In, in, that sure. sense, there's, in that sense, there's a boom. Whether the average comic is making more money than they did in 1988. I, I don't uh, think that they are. I don't think so, but um, certainly at the high end, they're making probably a lot more. They're making Maybe. more money at the seller than they ever did before. Well, there's a, there's yeah, a but it's spread out over more there, of them, there's isn't a, it? There's a, is a, or have no. you always had this number of, in your team... Well, as I said on the on the yeah, that, no, it has, it's not spread out over more than as I said on the last sense. episode that you were on, whether there's a comedy boom or not is an open question. That there is a comedy seller boom is is without question. Without question, yes. obviously there is a boom right here in this in our little corner of the comedy world, known as the well, comedy. I mean, that's not easy yeah. to say, but it, but it's it's hard for me to imagine that we're having a boom outside the general public uh, interest in it. I mean. Yeah, I, right. The two have to. There is some relation, but the the boom at the comedy seller is out of all proportion. I think what's going on in the rest of the stand-up comedy. Yeah, world. I think the boom at the seller is about people wanting to be at the seller, whereas or wherever. But a lot of clubs around the country, I don't think, are, are seeing a ton of people coming up. But they are watching it more than they ever have, and there's bigger names and more of more big names than there ever have been. I think you know. Mm. So maybe we shouldn't there's, open in Vegas. Uh, is, is, that a, is that a Rebecca, thing? You're going to open in Vegas? Thinking well, about it. Well, about not just thinking about it, but from what I hear, it's, an, um, it's almost a done deal. It's not 100%. Wow. Well, there's been, there's been papers drafted, but I haven't signed anything. So why don't you think you should open, open in Vegas? Because you don't... If, I, if there's no comedy boom, oh, okay. I'm going to lose my shirt. No, you won't lose your shirt. I don't think you'll lose your well, shirt. I'll lose no. something. I, I, I don't think you... No. Carrot Top's still selling out in Vegas. It's, that's tourist but he, but dollars. It's famous. different. He's you know? famous. You know, I, I, my father on his deathbed made me promise to take care of my aunt... Yeah. And I said, I can't promise that. <laughs> <laughs> that really happened? That really happened. And yeah. then he says, well, just try. Well, go ahead and finish my story for me. Thank you, Stephen. <laughs> it wasn't finished. It's called timing, you jackass. <laughs> uh, so you, you said to your grandfather that you'd... <laughs> Last time I told you... And it, yeah, so, so, but anyway. you, spend your, you told your grandfather you'd spend two years yes. giving back to the community. And those two years are up? Those two years have been up since. Two, All right, so since so, but have you changed? Fell. Have you changed your modus operandi since the uh, since the two years ran out? I mean, I I I I did a little bit of soul searching for myself for a couple of years, and then ended up buying the creek. So, but I you're mean, still I, giving back. You still see it as a as a way to give back. 
I do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's certainly not a way for me to become lucrative financially. So, Rebecca, yes, move to New York. Not that I not what? that I want you to. You mean Manhattan? Of course. Oh, I mean, I'd love to. You but can. You can do that's it. That's an that's an expensive endeavor. No, no. I mean, no? it, it, it can be, but well, but is there? Is no, there, no, I mean, he's a hundred percent right. No, I, I, I would be you, living a completely but is there different a, life. Is there a, if a, I was enough of a market to support another comedy club yeah, in New more York? More than is a Long Island city. Yes. Yeah. Let me tell you more what, than Let me tell you what I know yes. from experience. Over the course of eighteen months, mm-hmm. if you have your ear out, there will come across an opportunity of getting into a a space in Manhattan very cheaply. Yeah. There's always somebody going broke, someone who's six months behind in a rent, someone sure. the the fat black that the entire fat black pussy cat, the the lounge next to it, and the village underground was a ten thousand dollar investment. Motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit, I can't even wrap my head around that. I, I this is what happened. I I was supposed to close, I, I was supposed to come up with twenty thousand dollars. I didn't have the twenty thousand dollars. I went to the closing and I said, "Look, I got ten. Here's what I got. Yeah. I'll pay the other ten when I can. Over, oh no, over tw- next twelve months." Uh-huh. And they said, "Okay." So I put ten thousand dollars down. The other ten came in from the bar. From that money, I was able to it, uh, uh, move uh, to the to the east and the extra room. And then I took a partner who invested to build the underground. Wow. So that's it. So so, yeah. but these things happen all the time, and now that, and that's a huge space. It really is. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it, so. And anyway. you do it even cheaper if you don't have a bathroom attendant. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. That's actually the thing that I would be most. Uh, I'm not pushing back on you, but I, I think that's the one thing that Creek would stand to lose most from moving to Manhattan is that right now you have much like the cellar does. You have a complex. You have a hang. You have. You have the restaurant upstairs, you have the theater, you have the pinball machines downstairs, you have the uh, podcasting studio in the adjacent room, you have right. the the outside, you know? Is that something spoken, that you... Spoken like a Gentile. Um, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is that, I mean, he's right in the sense, because there's so many spaces in New York, I could find a space that's comparable. There are an awful lot of spaces in New York that are underutilized, back rooms, that kind of thing. Would you say? You don't have to give up the one in Queens. Yeah, no, no. But I mean, but, but I mean, just based on, based on what you're, I mean, it is the most sound advice. There is no question whatsoever that I would be much better off in Manhattan. I'd be able to do, I mean, hell, the comics would have birthday parties there more. That alone would be worth it. You right. know what I mean. And if if you're booking them here, then you will have a a, a much easier time of getting them to, to get go, bigger names and they well, can to, to go perform in Queens too. Exactly. Like I'll, give you, I'll give you this five. So would you do you know you do do the weekend and they'll do it and they'll do yeah. it happily. Not like you're twisting. Well, and the Creek right, right now isn't would, even yeah. a past club. We're in the we're in the process. I'm going to announce at uh, the Creek Awards, but we're about to become a past club. What do you mean so, a past club? Well, like right now, anybody can perform there on the main stage or downstairs. You've invented two new words here today. <laughs> Have I? Past, Past club, club and artist forward. I really thought that was a. Uh, well, thought artist forward may be an actual term. Past I feel like club. that is. Past club. I think you just made that up at a whole did. club. I did. Well, I'll do it. I, that's fine. I made it up. I'll take it. I've never heard it. <laughs> but you know, past we're, club we're means to... that you there. You, not anybody can perform there. As you not just it. anyone can. Pre- yeah, you, there's like a, there's a list them. of approved people to book from. I got it. It's funny yeah. that you mentioned the emphasis on community earlier because that's what I've always seen as the uh, the reason why Creek, in my opinion, has always been comparable to the cellar is because there is a sense of community. It's not just approached by yeah. the higher-ups as a pure business. I mean, you talk to 
some I, I other people say that. <laughs> it's a pure business. Deal. It, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know what it's I mean. Like, the, yeah. You know, you talk to some club owners, maybe perhaps even some club owners that were on the episode of our show that featured the other club owners, and they don't have a hang. They don't have because because they're not good businessmen. And they also well, well, yeah, I should have said that. But I'm saying it, it's it's all it's all. They, I shouldn't say it's pure business. There's no separating it. If it's if it, put another way, if it were bad for business, you wouldn't do it. I would not do yeah. it. Why do all these other couple clubs struggle so much? I mean, really struggle to get by when you are kind of. We struggled. Thriving. We struggled for like twenty years. No, of course. Well, you didn't struggle. You paid your no, bills. No, no, we struggled. The we bills got paid. Yeah, you can. But struggling doesn't mean you're not paying your bills. Struggling means you're you're you bite you, your fingernails you're, off. You go behind a few months in this. You go behind a few right. months. Yeah, and, and if one, you wait for it happen, then uh, can you let me talk? We wait for the summer to come when the business is stronger to to make up for the the, the bad times right. that you had. That that's struggling, right? No, go ahead. Sorry, I, I suppose. No, and if one but bad I, I, thing had happened, you said that your father uh, said that from time to time. Like, if uh, if there had been one there storm, was one particular I, year where we felt like we were one snowstorm away from from disaster. Yeah. And then I don't know the fact that these other clubs still exist makes me makes makes me wonder, makes me think you may be exaggerating slightly when you say that you were one snowstorm away from disaster, because all these other clubs are still around. But that doesn't they mean they're not, thriving. They not, yeah, but they're still like they, they're not they're not out of business. They're existing. Well, in some they, cases so. they own uh, they own the building that they're in, and in some cases they have a lease that's so long that they're paying nineteen whatever uh, rents instead of current rents. But if they were to put be put in a situation where they lost their lease or they had to move, there's no way they'd survive. I think that's. I mean, I yeah, mean, yeah. that's basically. I'm, I'm, it's I'm, like living paycheck to paycheck uh, as a family. It's I, the I'm same not, way with small businesses. I'm not saying there weren't relatively lean times. I do. I think that no. Oh, it's getting loud. It's a motherfucker. It really is. Fight's about to break. Oh, it's Keith Robinson. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. It's Keith Robinson. Anyway, be the, he's got be, a condition. Leave him alone. Be it as it may. Obviously, now things are ten times better than they ever were. Yeah, try twenty. And Noam is floating in a sea of cash. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. I'm saying things. Things were things were really tight for a very, very long. I mean, listen, whatever. Yeah, we did struggle. We definitely struggled. I mean, this this is how we struggled. Uh, I remember when it was time. That's uh, gonna sound wrong. Never mind. Just take my word. <laughs> we struggled. Meaning that that a, a, a guy in 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 our position. Well. Look, I didn't have ten thousand dollars. I didn't have twenty thousand dollars to put down on a, on a business in two in the year two thousand. I didn't have. I could not come up with the twenty thousand dollars. Come on, Nick Griffin can come up with ten thousand dollars. So, you know, now I, was I living uh, badly? And no, I would go out to dinner. I had a car, whatever it is. But in the end, I was I was not able to get ahead enough to, to put away any real money. So that's. Business owner broke just doesn't look the same as other kinds That's of broke, right. but yeah. it's still broke. It's the same thing. I'm in debt to my eyeballs. I have zero money. I haven't paid myself in 10 years. Broke is broke. It's it's It looks good. You know what I mean? Nobody thinks that I'm broke, but I am. It's just the reality of it. And in New York, you have to pay an asshole tax just for being here. There's so many things that you get banged out for that you can't even imagine. You have to pay six months worth of insurance up front for your restaurant. You have to pay every two years. You got you to gotta shell out... And a significant amount of money, a check with a comma in it to the state liquor authority, even though you've already paid 20000 for your liquor license 10 years ago. Like, it's just constant. You constantly get banged out for stuff. So it's hard to plan even, like, to know how much money you need to have in the coffers from year to year because some years are worse than others, you know? And the winter is a time of uncertainty, you know? Like uh, March is the worst month of the year. And the 7 train isn't running for every weekend in March 
this month. So I'm extra fucked for my like worst month of the year. And now business is so good. Like if it had been a bad snowstorm, I would have lost a fortune there. Were you guys were you guys closed on Tuesday? It's a joke, huh? Were you guys closed on Tuesday? Uh, uh, no, we were. Uh, no, we were not closed. You stayed open, right? Yeah, but because the snow the snow worked out, you know, it snowed early in the morning. Right. So what else? Well, we had another guest, that uh, woman from the uh, Apple Cider. Or the, uh, Cinder Block. Listen, Cinder I, don't, Comedy I, don't, I don't want to make an enemy of, of this woman who was supposed to come on the show. The New Yorker lady? Yeah. But because that's, that's, that would be a dumb thing to do. Like, I saw, I saw Carlito's way. I, I, know, I, know, <laughs> yeah. I know to be careful. <laughs> but Benny Blanco didn't show up to the show today, and it's kind of annoying me. Like, at least calls and tells you're not coming. Right. Anyway, anyway. Mm. go ahead. So, Cinder Block lady? Oh, this, okay. this is Allison Klimp, everyone. Wait, you, you want you want to? Oh, I know. Can I, know I show, can Allison, I show her Allison, this? Allison, imagine, if I, imagine if I showed you something that was like really is this my bio? unflattering. No, this he, it's introduced her, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> so uh, this is Allison Klimp from the Cinderblock Comedy Festival. What the hell? Why isn't Corey Hello. here? Uh, I am uh, her surrogate. I'm the surrogate. Katrina Pearson. To we don't Trump. need. Uh, you know, we only got but five right. microphones anyway. Are you a are you a founder of the Cinderblock Comedy Festival? I am uh, one of the founding producers. Oh, that's exciting. Corey, that's cool. Corey is the originator of it, and she is the main director that we all report to. In a nutshell, what is the Cinderblock Comedy Festival? The Cinderblock Comedy Festival is a. We're now in our second year. It's a festival that is. Uh, a diversity-minded festival, but oh. we're not. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? 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 Um, Talking to white guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, basically, uh, we got a lot of flack last year because we have a wage gap pricing. What does that mean? Submission fee. So it's that uh, for our early submission process, uh, we are open for women, LGBT, people of color, people with disabilities to apply it, at a... Essentially anybody but somebody white, correct? Everybody white except white, straight white guys, basically, yeah. Straight white ladies still get uh, yeah, yeah, a so discount. Everybody but straight white people. Everybody correct. but straight and that, white, and that, and straight white you're comfortable with that? Yes, they were comfortable Go ahead. with that. We Go still, ahead. you know... This is year two. This is uh, just for the early submission process, just to give the other people a little bit of a one head start. And also, it's mostly to send a message that, hey, other people that are not straight white men who maybe you feel ostracized, we want to hear you also. And then for our general submissions, which is now what we're in, uh, white guys can also apply at the same rate as but everybody else. they don't have else. any shot. They have plenty of shot. I'm kidding. So, so and... and, and so did I miss that? So what is it? It's just a comedy festival. It's just a comedy That's festival. It. It's just a comedy a festival. Comedy festival a little with the PR em- hook. That with has the, a, yeah. with the emphasis on diversity. With an emphasis on diversity for the submission process, but when we when we're doing the booking, when we're reviewing people's tapes, we apply the same standards to everybody. What now? What kind of diversity are you? You seem um, ethnic of some sort of ethnicity. That is, that yes. is not of non of a You're non. You're not supposed to ask of Dan. a non European no, okay. of a non European nature. If you were to guess, transgender. Uh, Racially. Well, I, if I Racially trenchant. Well, your last name is Klemp, so that doesn't help a whole no. uh, a good deal. But I have for a fact know she's not Jewish. So nope. that's out. Contrary to well, popular opinion. Contrary to popular belief. Well, Jews have been lumped <laughs> in with white people for purposes of diversity, generally speaking. Cer- certainly. Well, yeah, in I comedy, I guess it's more of a gray area. You look Spanish. Spanish? Latina. Yes. Latina? Yeah. I get a lot of Spanish. I get a lot of Latina. Um, I'm actually Japanese is my other... But yeah, Japanese you're half and German. white, half ju- ju- Japanese. Yes. Well, konnichiwa. Is it half? Half, really? It's, uh, <laughs> it's more of a quarter. quarter. It's a yeah, quarter. That's what I, thought. Uh, I yeah. do think that, generally speaking, I poo poo the notion of diversity, uh, of physical diversity. In other words, diversity to me is a great thing when it's diversity of opinion, diversity of skills, diversity of 
uh, you know, uh, those sorts of things. I do think in comedy, however, diversity does have some intrinsic value because um, I think talking about experiences on stage makes for a different point of view. In other words... I, I do want to know about what it's like to be transgender. It, Absolutely. I don't, I don't think in a business setting, having X number of blacks, X number of whites, and X number of Hispanics is of, of much validity. Well, yeah, we don't have like, quotas. Do, but I do think in a stand-up context, having diversity has some validity because the audience probably wants to hear different points of view. And that's exactly the point, is that it's like there's lots of people with different backgrounds, and those, all, those people uh, assuming, have different Assuming, of course, that you, that you talk about those things on stage. Yeah, but I feel like that's kind of the trend is that most people now, do talk now, about now, their life they experiences. Don't, they don't, they, they now, what about, a, don't. there's a blind fella, goes uh-huh. by the name of Brian Fischler. Mm-hmm. What color is he? He's a white, well, I think he's Jewish, but he's white. Oh, he's, disabilities. Disabilities. He's disability, because uh, I'm wondering. What about somebody who can't what? get through a set without pooping? Is that a, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> that a lactose intolerance. Lactose intolerance is certainly, you know. Count for something. It's also a way to differentiate your... Brand. Your festival yeah. is just to do right. it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's a good PR But, but what about a blind guy? Yeah. A blind something to write guy? about. Yeah, of course a blind guy. Ooh, if he's, blind if guys. he's funny. No, but would he get a, a special treatment? Could he if, apply under the diversity quota? Yes. But they'd be could. sure to charge the glow tape that day, probably. <laughs> This is my thing about uh, diversity. How do you light a blind guy, I guess, is I want you? Oh. <laughs> no, he has a... Well, uh, I'm not sure, by the way, number one. Number, he has a guard. He, he, he performs with a dog that might be able to perceive... You light the dog, and then the dog... <laughs> well, I assume that a dog can see a light and can go... Rrr. Yeah, yeah. I, I would be interested in the training process of that, getting the dog... Or, or maybe... Does he take the dog on stage? Yes, he does. Yes. In general, this is my thing about diversity. Although you can present to me a scenario on a given night where diversity benefited whatever enterprise it was introduced into, on the whole, I think the social costs of diversity, the tear in the social fabric and the the lowering of, of reprioritizing DNA, as it were, over... Objective Skill. standards is one of the most damaging things that happened to our society in the last 30 years. When I was a kid, you would look at, uh, and I've said this before, you would look at a, a workplace, and if you saw no diversity, you would say, well, that might be evidence of discrimination. You, you know, it was supposed to be content of your character, not the color of your skin. And if you saw all white people, you say, well, maybe there's some racism going on there. Uh-huh. Now, it's no longer, now it's, the, the end is to make sure that there is diversity, even if it doesn't mean the content of your character, even if it doesn't mean the most talented people, unless, of course, it's sports, in which case you got to win the basketball game. So there is no, there's no interest in diversity in, in certain things where it would be absurd. But in a workplace where it's just not so obvious how many points somebody is scoring and there's not clear stats and you don't have wins and losses, they'll give you a million reasons why you have to have diversity. Yes, but no. What about my point uh, that in the in in the specific world of stand-up comedy, listen, diversity has some intrinsic no, value because I, I, listen, I, I book a comedy show and yeah. we get I get this pressure all the time. Need more women, more of this. I'm like, you know, they think they want more women. We I put on the five funniest acts, right? And it's great if it's a woman, but there is some extra value if you can get diversity. No, you you. Well, but can, you can just, I ask this? If well, you woke but, up tomorrow, wouldn't you like a female perspective? No. Okay. <laughs> I, what I want, what I want is the happiest the purpose, customers. For the purpose of business, though, if you cu- woke up tomorrow and 100% of your entire comedy team that you work with, all your artists, are all white guys, 
wouldn't you feel like would would wouldn't that make you uncomfortable or make you feel like you needed to? No, not at yeah, all. Yeah, but it would affect business. I think it would. I mean, like, I, I mean, it's bad PR if nothing else. The, the worst thing that I but can do would, to business is to not have the best acts. Yes, whatever. But, call I agree. They are. but it would affect business because variety is an intrinsic part of the product that you're selling. If you have five guys that go on and talk about similar things. You need the, you need to have yeah. a black guy yeah. to talk about the black experience. The audience wants to see that. Otherwise, it doesn't give white people permission to laugh at white people. Like you, also, ha- you well, have to have. Also, point. you yeah. probably have black people, gay people, whatever people also, you're in the get audience. Complaint. You're and people get tend to people tend a qu- to connect with what they are. If you give them a questionnaire before the show, would you like to see somebody? Talk they say yes. Of course, I'd like to see that. But then afterwards, if if he wasn't funny. And say, would you prefer to see that guy, the white guy? Who's, they say, yeah, we'd rather have seen the funny white guy. Yeah, but given a choice, when you have a shit ton right. of funny... But I feel funny, like this is also implying given, that we don't book funny people because a, we still hold everybody to the same standards. Given a shit ton of funny people, though, no. Hilarious would be if you only booked white guys and just did that Listen, with the center for no, the we, just, just, just for the record, we book a very diverse show here. Oh, you, of course you do. I was just anything that you want. And of course you do. it's with no eye towards diversity, mm-hmm. which I think is the ideal that we're, supposed, that we're supposed to be working towards as a society. To make diversity an end in itself is just to tell people yeah. to define themselves. It's weakening. Always in terms mm-hmm. of their chromosomes. But you're not listening, though. No. And that, I think, I'm just saying, this is a has a huge social cost attached I, to it. I agree with you, but in the, in the world of stand-up comedy, variety and differences are part of the product. There is an intrinsic benefit... If you have a shit ton of funny people, some are white, some are black, aren't you going to make some effort to mix it up a little bit? It's also different. You're, well, I mean, if the I answer at, is yes. The answer is yes. If I look at your lineups, you know, I see there's always a black guy. There's the no effort to mix it up. You would no. not book a show with no black guys on it, generally speaking. But you on also Keith don't Robinson, have... would I book a show with no black guys? Absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely he says. No, no. The, the, <laughs> the second that we have some black guy in the lineup, or any guy in the lineup, that everybody says, "Listen, he's just not as funny as the rest of the guys." People are gonna look at him, what are you doing? Why, 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 why are you you're giving him a spot because he's black? But that's not what we're doing. But that's, no, I'm not saying it's what you're doing. Okay. But, but that's but but, but but if but if you're not doing that, then you shouldn't have to consider diversity. But, but given a, a a lot of people at a high level of of skill, I'm not saying book an unfunny black person or an unfunny Indian person. I'm saying, given you have a large group of people to choose from, it's 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 a good thing. You have Mo Amir, for example, who's new here, who brings the Arab American perspective, if you will. Yes, but that's uh, not why we book him. It's one. It's a one. It's a wonderful but, but benefit. You, uh, it's a wonderful benefit. Ah, it's a wonderful benefit. There we go. There we go. That's all we wanted. Benefit. That's all we wanted. Is that it's a wonderful benefit. Yeah, you but, do but, agree but, that there is a be- diversity has some a benefit. benefit to it, particularly in this with this work. The better question is, would it book a show? Well, could a you white speak guy? into the microphone? <laughs> would, would, would I book the sh- what? Would you book a show without a white guy? Would That's you a book f- a show without a white guy? Uh, the answer is no. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Keith. I'll tell you this: when I, when I had my band in the old days, when I first started my band in the Wah, it was all white guys and one black guy, and over the years. Every time somebody would leave the band, I would have auditions, and I ended up hiring another black guy and another black guy. To the, to, to, at the end, it was like seven black guys and me. And I was worried, like, how will this be perceived by the audience? Would it start changing? The, it didn't matter. No. Nobody cared what color anybody on the stage was. They still came in the same way because it was good. 
That's music. The music is different from comedy, yeah, obviously. Yeah, Why is music comedy? Comedy, you're expressing you s- like your own personal point experience. of view. It's yeah. different from comedy because everybody know we dominate music, <laughs> <laughs> and you dominate comedy. No, we don't. Well, no, they don't dominate comedy. Hey, they have it. Right. <laughs> no, like it's different. Between, uh, well, you, you, maybe you don't dominate comedy, but you're you're you're. you're you're pretty pretty well represented in in the top yeah, comics. Yeah, Kevin Hart, Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock. Those no, are three the, biggest. Those are the three biggest uh, Netflix uh, specials, anyway. Yeah, but I'm saying it's different to have all black guy show. You can have an all white guy show, but you can never never have an all black guy show. When have you had an all black guy show? That night we had that big fight downstairs. <laughs> 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 that Wild West fight we had where they're throwing chairs. You remember that? Like, <laughs> that was the last time. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> no, listen, I'm sorry to sound like a curmudgeon about this. Of course, I, 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 I'm, I'm sentimentally pleased when I see diversity. Like I said to you one time, when I see a brown-skinned family uh, celebrating Thanksgiving, I feel tremendous pride in my country. When Mo Amer did the Colbert show, I was like, this is a great country. Here's this Palestinian guy going on to Colbert show. You know, this is this is what's best about America. I just don't like to see that as the end in itself. I just think what's wonderful about America, the end, the end in itself should be quality and uh, integrity and all that stuff. And then what's wonderful is to see that in America, but, 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 this is accomplished but, but, with a diverse group of in people. Vari- in right. comedy, variety, so variety adds to quality. Uh, uh, you say what, Rebecca? Oh, I mean, I we do all black shows at the creek every now and again, and all girl shows at the creek every now and again, and it's not the goal. It's just how I end up booking the show that night. It's not a, it's not intentional. But would you have an all woman show if you had five killer female acts that just annihilated the room? Of course I would. Of course Why you not? would. But the bigger thing too is that a lot of times when you do have these all female shows or an all black show or an all Whatever. I don't show. advertise it that way, exactly. though. Because well, yeah, I don't, don't think there isn't any you don't, reason to. You but that to. does happen, and especially with festivals. Like that's you see, garbage. Like, and you're like, ladies are funny, too. Comedy festival. And like all this crap. And like that's kind of the stuff that this was a response to, was to basically be like, look, we can present a festival that has all these different people with different perspectives on it without also being derivative to those people. Now, look, you, you, have, you have your enterprise there, the, the Cinderblock Festival, and I have nothing but... Uh, support for any entrepreneurial thing, it's great. So don't don't misinterpret what I'm saying. Okay. But when he just you, hates affirmative action. No, <laughs> yeah, that, but, but when you actually go out there and give money off to submissions based on some the accident of birth, it bothers mm-hmm. me. It just bothers me. It's uh, it's it's seem it seems well, it seems was, as un-American well, as anything of else. Six dollars and the so count- whatever. Yeah. It's, it's the principle. Well, the, the counterpoint principle. would be that we are a victim of our own biology and we have to deal with the wage gap on the reg. I mean, like, you understand the obvious counterpoint. Well, don't it's, not based on, I mean, it's not based on poverty. I'm, on poverty, I'd be fine with it. If, you, if, if somebody said, listen, uh, we're going to give... require everybody to submit well, but their tax returns. But, but the wage gap isn't based on poverty either. Don't they want to give money, if the they give money <laughs> off. They want to give money off to somebody who needs who can't, who can't needs uh, financial... Well, the presumption is, is that white men yeah. have more money than everybody else, I, I suppose. I know plenty of white men without two nickels to scrape together. So do I. But they, but they have to pay full price. 
I don't like yeah. that. Well, we I, I, and I think that's the argument that a lot of people had. I mean, you guys received death threats, and yeah. they, they they went through an awful lot of uh, negative PR like as a result of this alone. last year. No, you're not alone at all. Not at all. But if you can't afford the $6 difference in the pricing, then you can't afford to come to New York for a week. Then why do it? See... It's a ton in It's like a mostly a joke. It's ton in It's to get people's attention, you know, and it works. Like we do Skank Fest. Louis J. Gomez and Christine Evans and I do Skank Fest every year. Well, this will be our second year, much like Cinderblock. We started last June and we don't do submissions and we make sure everybody gets paid for every time they go on stage. Like we just cutting out that submission stuff cuts out that conversation entirely. Are we not as a society? as a society? truly creating a white nationality where there wasn't one before. If you define Nick Griffin, everything... No, I mean, I'm serious now. No, if I know you, you're serious. If you define everything in terms of non-whiteness, what are you leaving... And how, the are poor these, white are, guys? No, just white guys. Don't don't be flippant though, because what, you, what you're leaving is let's everybody ask, else. Everybody else is a nationality except you guys. Even though ask, you're not, let's that's ask, ridiculous. They're going to say yes, we are too. Then you can't ask, wonder bread culture us. I completely let's agree. Ask I understand. The only real white man at this table. I only see one. Wow. All that, right, <laughs> Nicholas. James Hutchinson Griffin III. Go My ahead. goodness gracious. <laughs> no, I I I'm all for diversity. I don't. <coughs> pardon me. I don't like how it. Uh, you know, when the government kind of demands it, because then you're screwing with the product that this person is is uh, you know delivering to its uh, customers, and uh, that, that makes me sad that that uh, isn't up. Everything isn't up to them because they're the one taking the risk. But I do think in the past the history of you know black people and other minorities where they haven't been, even been allowed to do certain stuff that you Nick, have. How do you feel about losing? Your 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 your, I've, I've, your white privilege <laughs> in a in a in a in a majority non-white nation that we that is predicted by 2040. Yes. Well, you, you may be dead by then, but um, we all could be dead by then. We all could. Be I dead don't know. By you then. know, look, probably, me, me and Nick probably. Will I think be it's going to be then. okay regardless, but uh, I do think it does cause so much friction between people when uh, these things tend Listen, to come up. And, how do you and, feel about losing? Let me let. I, uh, there's two ways to feel about losing. If you live in a society where people don't really emphasize our race and our cult, our, our ethnicity and our sex, and you're going to become minority, and uh, it, then you're like, well, whatever, you know. If you live in a society where that defines everything, you say, oh shit, I'm going to become a minority, and that matters because become everything, a everything is, yeah, it matters. How do you? It, if, Somebody's going to make no, the choice to become a minority? No, because he, he was, what he was saying is that by 2040, white people are going to be in the minority the in the country. The power structure will live. Which oh, okay. ought not to matter rationally unless you live in a society where it does matter, in which case you have every right to say, listen, I don't, I, that's, not, I, that's not my preferred outcome because this affects my life because people are free to decide that because I'm white, I have to pay more for this. I'm not right for this. I'm not, it's, it's open season. And I don't want to exaggerate. I'm kind of being devil's advocate, but I think that everybody thinks their little, their little uh, encroachment on this principle is, is minor and it is, but the sum total, the death by a thousand cuts to our country, I think is really serious. I, I tr I, we see it everywhere so then, and it adds up. So then the idea is, is that affirmative action has... I have brown has, children, by the way. I have brown children, for the record. Brown children. <laughs> okay. I, I get out of jail free card. <laughs> so is the, is the idea that... Also, that's not how that works, but... Uh, <laughs> um, is the idea then that affirmative action served its purpose? And you feel like we're past that necessity? Or you feel like it was never a necessity? 
Like not even back in Mad Men era. I, I think I think the uh, the ending of discrimination in the workplace and and elsewhere was a necessity. I okay. think that affirmative action maybe wasn't the right way to go and had and had marginal uh, success. Effective, yeah, it was marginally effective. And and uh, listen, I I used to be for affirmative action when I was young. Uh, the story is mm -hmm. boring enough. When I was in law school. I, I will say that when I go to a sushi bar, because I know you're Japanese, I don't see any white guys. It's okay. true. Would you want a white guy making your sushi? <laughs> Would no, you? I don't know. Would you want a black guy doing your taxes? Would you want a bald guy cutting your hair? <laughs> but I, I want see, a black therapist, because you're going to tell me it's okay. So in law school, so the, in, in law school, there's a law review, which is like the, the, you know, the, the honors kind of uh, publication. And... There was a to get on law review at Penn. You had to do a writing competition, which is fair, and you just submit an essay. Right. But this is how they did it: every student's given a number, so you don't put your name on the exam. You hand in your paper to the professors. The professor graded the papers. Then the pe professor sent the papers to the registrar's office, who looked up your race oh. and gave you extra points if you were black. So he's got a reason to be pissed. Yeah, no, no, and this is what passed as fair. As fair, the, yeah. That even at the high level of an Ivy League institution, they still did not expect people to be able to succeed based on the merits, as if, and when does it stop? Well, maybe when you go before the judge. You just say, well, you know, but your lawyer's black, and I mean, it, 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 there's no end to it. Here, just today in New York, they cut out the, there used to be a literacy test for teachers. Right. And I think white yep. people were getting, were failing. They were all failing badly. Everybody was. Six, only 60% of whites are passing and like 54% of blacks, uh -huh. something like that. They got rid of the test. They weren't happy with the outcome. Like, forget about it. They didn't like the numbers. So There's, now teachers don't have to know how to read. That's right. They're screaming about Betsy DeVos. She's going to kill us. She's going to kill us. But not having teachers who can pass. And I, I, I actually downloaded the test today. It's like a high school senior yeah. test ought to have been able to pass it pretty easily. These are people with masters. Uh, teachers have to have master's degree, I think. Not, Not necessarily. They aren't At required the to on, on elementary it, uh, or secondary. I, uh, or high okay. school. Well, many of them have master's degree, but at minimum they have uh, b uh, they have uh, regular have a bachelor's degree. degree. B yeah. Bachelor's degree. If you can't pass this test with a bachelor's degree, I don't care what color you are, you deserve not to, to, to pass or it. Or if you got a degree without knowing how to read, you're a fucking genius. <laughs> well, that's There's two ways of looking at it. <laughs> yeah. no, so, but this is where diversity gets us. That's true. But I mean, of course, the counter argument to that being like with your law school example that, you know, if uh, somebody grew up with all the privileges that whiteness allows you generally in society and then somebody grows up. Awesome you know, privileges, by the way. I know. Some of the best. Yeah. Uh, and then somebody grows up without all those privileges, but they both like it's like the person without the privilege has to work harder to get to the same place. Let's I, I agree with you, actually. I think I think that so I think that I mean that's like the that's like the argument like why they take the those things into account. It's what I said to you before. Any human who can go before whatever the university say, listen, mm -hmm. I I got a B plus average, not the A average, but you know I was working two jobs and I mm -hmm. came from a very poor neighborhood, whatever. So really, if you take that into account, I think my B plus is worth anybody's. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Just don't have to do a 23andMe test to decide. You should yeah. be able to make the case based sure. on who you are and what your life is. Bill Cosby's kids, to use a, a trite example, does not need affirmative action. But he's going to get... My kids, by the way, are going to get affirmative action. Yeah. My right. kids are going to... Why should they get affirmative action? If affirmative action is even still happening by the time your kids go to college, it, which... It will be. I want to hear Nick Griffin's thoughts. We haven't heard from him in, in, in well, a Well, look, a I, I gave you my uh, incredible ideas I, I want to hear more but, ideas. Uh, no, I don't know. I think that uh, it's just 
I don't know. Take your time, Nick. No, no, no. I just, I, I don't he know. He has a career to worry about. He has to make sure he doesn't say anything wrong. I think in comedy, we sort of see a different side of it, too, because I think sometimes, because there is such a push for bookers to get a diverse lineup in some places, that they end up uh, advancing people who aren't quite ready yet. Uh, so we get girls who've been doing comedy for two or three years who have TV spots, and that's not necessarily a bad thing, but it can weaken the fabric of comedy if they're not ready for those I'd TV spots. I'd argue it's a bad thing. Well, yeah. I mean, you see it's it. Not you see a bad lot, thing? Well, She's no, saying it is a bad thing because you see it a lot, especially it with it. women, because there's like this, like, oh, you got to have a woman on the show or whatever, and so a lot of the times. Uh, a woman ends up on a show because they needed a woman. And then a lot of the times that woman is not as experienced as the male comedians who are also on the show. So then because of that, because of lack of experience, there's she's a perception that women aren't funny. funny. So then people yeah. walk away from that show being like, no, the chick wasn't that funny. Right. But it's like, it's not necessarily that women aren't funny. It's that one woman wasn't funny, but somehow that one woman or that one black guy or that one Indian guy, whoever, Suddenly has to represent like the, the whole. Now you sound like me. And it creates a no, lot no. Of I mean, like that's the point is that you know you're right. Sorry, that's guys. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, if you're funny, if you're funny, if you're as funny as the other people on the lineup, then you should definitely be on that lineup. If you're not, you know, keep working. Can, can I just say for the record, because because not to get any, I'm, I'm we a, call this segment backtrack with Noam Dorm. I'm, I'm a, the, my my life is a like uh, a picture book of diversity. In every aspect, the people, the people in my social life, the people in my love life, the people, my employees, my bands, everything, the, the people on the stage in the comedy cellar. And I managed to do that without ever having to try to take that into account. And I'm very proud of that. I think that's the way it should be. Anyway, that's all I want to say. I just think that uh, when you hear more and more of these politicians, these are the people that are determining, you know, how we should apply all these you know, diversity laws and stuff, and they're all so out of touch. I, I just don't want somebody else telling me how to, uh, you know, to live my life and how I need to do these things. And obviously, I'm in a great position. I'm a white guy, and I have a, a great position. A Your life is a mess. It's a disaster. <laughs> Who am I kidding? <laughs> I'm three pills away from jumping, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm only judging by Nick's act, which is a very... Dep your act, your shtick, is depressed guy. Yeah. Right? And how sure. close to that is reality? Well, I don't know. It's about as close as anyone else's, I would imagine, yeah. So, it, you know, it's, it's, it's fairly pretty goddamn close. Yeah, it sounds like. yeah it's not a three-ring circus at the uh, Nick Griffin uh, studio apartment, let's put it that way. So Nick is an example of of of, of despite his 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 whiteness and 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 and, and, and privilege uh, privilege yeah pretty privileged you know couldn't uh, couldn't, <laughs> couldn't seem to make much of it <laughs> no I mean but that's the case with 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 most of us in the comedy world huh? yeah comedians are depressed well we're hot, also hot headline depressed and yeah. most of us don't don't hit the big time yeah most of us don't grab the game. brass brass ring you know yep. but I do think that I do think that a comic today. Everything else being equal, and no one will argue that everything else is never equal. But in any case, um, I do think the white man has the hardest road right now in stand-up comedy for, for reasons enunciated on this show. People do look for diversity, and, and there is simply a glut of white dudes. Well, there's still plenty of really funny white guys, well, and yes, they will. I, and those there guys always are, will be. There always will be, and those guys are going to be fine. And the other be thing, be fine. But, I got I a mean, gun in my mouth. There's there's way more unfunny that's white guys out there than there are unfunny women well, who are trying true. to make a comedy career too. Like that's part of the reason why it's a numbers game. There's so many of them that there's a 
There's a ton of shitty ones out there. There's a great amount of shitty ones out also, there. Also, I have to say, it'll work out because in the end, you cannot impose diversity for diversity's sake. Correct. Fun, you can't legislate ethics. Will, oh, yeah, yep. I mean, we've seen various people who got jobs, whatever it is, clearly because their, their diversity plays something, and they flop. Exactly. But, and, but and somebody, comedy is not a, a uh, it's, it's, it's not sports. So it's not the best guy will eventually. No, the rate this rating will it's win. Subjective, but it's it's uh, it's it's not just that it's subjective. Look, if you put me in a TV show and it was the right TV show, I would become a star. But you'd have to put me in that TV show, and then I would fill up Madison Square Garden, and then people would call me a genius. I think we're also, uh, you know, people call you a genius, thinking that just because you go into show business, you're um, uh, allowed or uh, you get a career just from. Wanting to be a part. That's it's, what a I lot thought. of it's so much luck, and uh, yeah. w- w- regardless of who you are, I remember uh, early on, I worked with someone who had done Letterman like ten times, and I was just starting. And I said, "How do I, uh, you know, get anywhere?" And they go, "Just get funny." The rest, I mean, and get to a big city because the business is not against you. The business wants funny people. The business, you know, wants to use the right people. Uh, but it's not necessarily going to happen. But you have to, you know, just get funny. well. Get get funny. Well, I, I think there's very few unfunny people that. That got uh, that get, went get, along get, Getting funny right. guarantees you a living. Of course, living. it happens. But. Getting funny guarantees you a living, but that's it. But that's it. By the way, did you read that book about Letterman that's coming out? No, it hasn't come out yet. April eleventh. But you read the accounts of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, they tore. It, it, it doesn't seem right to me. Who wrote it? Was it you know it's like Jason Zinneman? You know that guy, right? Uh, yeah, Look, I, yeah. I, New I York Times mean, guy. He, my my, ex- my experience with Letterman is it confined to, you know, the, the three or four words he said to me after my sets when I did the show. I can only say that it wasn't overwhelming warmth uh, coming from him, but I, I, I can't speak to whether or not uh, he's the, the man portrayed in, uh, you know, in this book. I will say that Conan, when you do Conan, he can't... He, he, effusive. Effusive. Yes. He'd sit down. Oh, I, I, I love having you. Thanks for coming back. Well, you know, we love having... Letterman comes over and he says, eh, whatever, good to see you. I got the sense that had I walked out the door and been hit by a taxi cab... And someone said, hey, Letterman, that, that comic you just had, he was just killed. Uh, my sense is Letterman would not be heartbroken. <laughs> I, I Conan could be, might uh, shed a tear. I think, Conan, I, think would, I think Conan would be very upset. Now, that's just my sense, and I could be wrong. That's I, more I an indication like of his limitations than... than Who's limitations? What do you limitations? want from him? He's Letterman's, a New York guy. You know, obviously, a, 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 you know, he's got some problems. That said, he's a troubled the, dude. That said, he's the best that ever did that... That ever I think did late night. Uh, well, TV. Johnny Carson was a dark personality and Letterman, but you know, I as a boss, I don't know if you feel this way. It's just like it's just so easy to criticize yeah. the, the boss with the pressures on him and and the name on the marquee. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and having to be on all the time and and it's just you everything you do. If you have a bad day, if you say it doesn't come out right, it's magnified. And then of course people have a chip on their shoulder about you or, want, or disgruntled in some way, get the megaphone of a journalist who can expand that into any percentage of his talking, of course, take about on the, you that he about wants. the Lugan Press. The Lugan <laughs> Press? What's that? That's what the alt-right calls the press. It's German for lying press. Lying press. Oh, I never... I don't, Dan, it's Dan, also what Hitler called Dan the is press. a regular on the alt-right websites. I monitor the alt-right. I want to know what's going on. If it's Smart, time, to, give time to leave the country, I want to advance notice. Go ahead, Noah. But no, I just... So I just somehow, not knowing Letterman, I just feel like this is just... He can't be that bad. I just... I just no, that's possible. I can only tell you again... He's not an overwhelmingly warm character from my experience, right. limited though it might be. Beyond that, uh, the people that work for Can him that I know... Can you imagine the tell-all book about you, Dan Natterman, if you were to become famous? I mean, it would, it would you know, I don't think harsh. anybody's got a bad word to say about me. 
but that's because I haven't made it big. Exactly. You know, when, when oh, everybody loves a loser. <laughs> the haters come out of the woodwork. <laughs> but when, when all of a sudden you're, you're a big Soon shot. As you get success. Now, Noam, the truth is, Noam, uh, you know, his staff here, uh, I, I, I don't hear bad things said about Norman. He's, he's the name on the, on the marquee. He's the big guy. Uh, but if somebody wanted to write a book about me and I were famous, they would find that there are people out there They'd who will say dirt. bad things. Otherwise, you can't right. sell a book. The waitress who was people here for three weeks. Or exactly. Yeah. There's always someone. Yeah, so they, yeah, that no matter who it, you I've are. Had... But that's how you know that you're successful, if the people are saying bad things about you. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that, but but I've had Look, dis- I've I, had disgruntled employees. I, and not only that, I've had disgruntled employees who, like, ten years later, called me up on some twelve-step program to apologize. You know, in yep. tears. Of, you know, who, who realized that it was really them? I believe but, it was the, the great Bernie Brillstein that said, "If no, you're no one, if no one wants you dead, or something like that's that." That's right. You're nobody unless somebody wants you dead. And I, I think there's a good deal of truth to that. So I, I hope somebody comes to uh, Eddie Brill kind of came to Letterman's defense, and I hope I hope other people do. Oh, come in to the Letterman. paper recently? Yeah, uh, on Facebook, I think. He yeah, did. he came uh, on Facebook. He definitely. I was mean, I've known him. people that have worked for him, and no, nobody describes him as a horrible person. No, Eddie speaks very, very highly of him. Tough, you know, it's tough to be David Letterman. It's tough. I, 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 I tell the Eddie sometimes. Biggest thing in the world for about. 10, 15 years. I mean, he was the biggest, I mean, it does a little bit of his household name. The biggest yeah. thing in TV. Hey, yeah. just, he, just to be living as, you know, failing in a sense, you know, you're number two, you're number three, day in, day out. I mean, like that much, too. That takes right. a toll on a guy, you know? So we may, you might get a little short tempered, a little brittle, you know, because you're, you're fucking. And I don't think he was operating with a full like like you know he has some trouble like he likes he likes to be by himself he doesn't really like the spotlight he's a little bit of a hermit like that Just kind of stuff is very be. incongruous with what he was doing you know what'd you say is that Letterman or B <laughs> no Letterman Letterman not you so I I I felt bad for Letterman anyway that we're we're about out of time Nick is one of the greats I want to thank you Nick thank you thanks for having he me he is yeah. one of the funniest uh, comics we have and his point of view is a unique one the how many how many Letterman spots. Eleven. Eleven Whoa. Letterman spots. Uh, so he, he, he is that he, the most? No, God, no. Uh, he makes, Jake Johansson had something like thirty or thirty. Something. Oh. He makes suicidal thoughts funny. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the way, you can hear me. This is this is interesting, Noam. I told you about resistanceradio.com. Oh, yeah, yeah. Resistanceradio.com. I did a promo for the Man in the High Castle, which is a sure, oh, sure. Amazon oh. show like about yeah. the Man in the High Castle. It's fine. They made me watch it because I did the promo. Yeah, it's oh. good. It's, it's good. a good show. Right. But I did a promo where I, uh, it's a promo where I like was this DJ in the neutral zone of the, because it's a show about when the Nazis and the Japanese won World War II. So America's half of America's uh, ruled Resistance. by Nazis and half yeah. of America's ruled by the Japanese. And then there's like a neutral zone in the middle. So I'm like a DJ in the neutral zone uh, talking about, you know, resisting, me and two other people. So you can hear that on resistanceradio.com. You might enjoy it, even if you're not a fan of the man in the high castle. It's got a little bit of... It went a little bit viral because a lot of Trump people assumed that Resistance Radio <laughs> was was an anti-Trump uh, radio station. Hilarious! And so we got a lot of press in uh, about about that. But anyway, uh, we didn't get to Good talk about you. the Rachel Maddow debacle, which oh, is just the best thing ever. Hmm. Anyway, we'll, we'll, uh, I'll talk about it in the next show. We can talk about it on the next show. Yeah. We would like to thank. Rebecca, I say this like I'm the ho- like I, you know. There's really no power structure here. Gnome, it's gnome show, it's a but loose. sometimes I just take it. Rebecca Trent, everybody from the Creek and the Cave. Uh, thank you. Come to the Creek Awards on April the old, 30th. The old, the old Howard. Oh, sorry, I'm sorry, I, I spoke over it. Go oh, come to the Creek Awards on April 30th. And the old Howard Stern. They used to clap. You remember yes. That? And if you are transgendered, female, or an amputee, 
If you're anything, <laughs> we're in general submission. So white Sometimes guys are now welcome yeah. to submit <laughs> until April 8th. Center Black Comedy Festival. Yippee! Yay. Do you know that you can't say expectant mother anymore? Why not? Yes, what? Because what you, have you, have to say? you have to say expected person because you don't know what the human that's pregnant identifies with. Oh, uh, for Christ's okay. sake. It's too confusing. It makes sense to me. Scratch the... What do you mean you can't What do you mean you can't say? You read one article or one blog saying you shouldn't say it? Doesn't mean you can't say it. Uh, well, no. It was a British medical journal. I mean, no, it, it's, getting, it's getting some traction. It's I was at a firing range in Pennsylvania and they had pregnant persons on the, oh, on the, on the signs now. Good so for it's you hilarious. defending the Second Amendment. <laughs> we're just becoming seahorses that's all and actually on that, on, on that issue I question myself whether or not I'm being unreasonable because you know I, I try to put myself in the position of somebody who was transgender how, oh. no, or you know like how would I feel you know it's, it's kind of nice that society recognizes is learning to recognize that yeah. This exists, but it does seem at some point to, to the be. The bathroom conversation is super dumb, though. It, it seems to go beyond what even a transgender person would even care about. Correct. I mean, you know, in which case, you know. Well, that's yeah. why I always just try to like find those people, ask them how they want it, and then I'm like, okay, cool. Who is your name again? Allison Klemp. Allison Klemp. The Klemp is obviously the German side of the family. Yes. <laughs> um, ah. And your mother, of course, is Japanese American. Half Japanese. Yes. My mother's Jap my mother's Japanese and German. Oh. And then the rest is like a hodgepodge of German and other white. Is he only a quarter Japanese? Quarter Japanese. And yet, uh, it manifests itself uh, in rather striking fashion. Yes. Well, oh. we're, we're, uh, You're a pretty little half Mexican. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. <laughs> Gracias. All right. Are you going to try to pick her up or can we quick no, sign No, I'm off? not okay. going to okay. do any <laughs> such thing. By the way, he, believe me, he, he qualifies for diversity in at least three different ways. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>